0: Burrow fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the
1: way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor touchdown. Pass is caught. Next. touchdown. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Road to Overtime on Road of Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. This is a special edition of Road to of Overtime. We are doing our Q and A. We're not talking fantasy football. We're talking about some life stuff you can get to know us, I can get to know Sean, Sean can get to know me. It's always a lot of fun doing these shows. We have a couple of them recorded so far, so I'm really looking forward to sharing these with our audience and and obviously uh, having these conversations with you, Sean. As I didn't mention at the start of the show, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter, at over to And of course, you can find all of Sean Siegel's work up on rotoviz.com. But Sean, these have been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to talking today about some very interesting questions from if we won the lotto to when am I going to Lambeau field to sci-fi and some book recommendations and things like that. So it's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to this.
2: Yeah. And definitely listeners also let us know what your answers to these quest- questions are. Uh, it's so fun to kind of interact with the community in that way. And, and Colm has such a good time with all of you on social media. And then, you know, we get to joke and laugh about, all of the funny things that he has seen come in and on all of the really cool answers that he has seen. So don't hesitate to reach out and also share your answers to these questions. Colin, we, this is going to be a fun one because the listener questions for us in this episode, I think are some of my favorites and uh, maybe we get a chance to be a little bit silly, but also give some of our, our book recommendations, that kind of thing, you know, that I, I, have some book recommendations for you but we start off with a question here about the lottery and some my question to you to start column is i assume that it's probably just the same but is the lottery a big element there in irish in ireland do you guys have you know a hundred million dollar powerball types of things What what is it like there in the uk when people are talking lottery
1: so I think Ireland and the UK are probably similar in this fact. So obviously being to the US on a number of occasions, the state lottery seems to be the, the big thing over there. And that does be big, big money, am I right? And send that can end kind of to the hundreds of millions? I think so. I mean, I don't track it that closely, but but there's a lot of money out there. And uh, so basically, over the last, I, I don't know when this came in, but there is a thing called the Euro Millions, which is basically like a European lottery where prizes are astronomical those do go into the the hundreds of millions at times so that would be the equivalent i believe of the u.s state lotteries or the those big power balls like you mentioned the Irish lottery then on its own it actually got up to a record level where it couldn't go any higher (laughs) a couple of uh, months ago but i believe if i'm not mistaken it might have been in the the high double digits so maybe 17 million or something to that effect so it doesn't go to an astronomical amount that is an astronomical amount of money but in terms of the way it would be in the the u.s our lottery is also not owned by the state it is owned by a company i believe from canada so it is a a privatized industry which is also kind of interesting i don't know if that's the same uh, anywhere else in the world but um so the lottery here if i won it that was gonna be my first question to you if i win the lottery here and like you i i don't do it very regularly my wife does it sometimes and we like to plan ahead as if we have already won it but um yeah you're looking probably you know six to ten million is usually the prize pool here which is still a huge amount of money but our answer i think we should we should do our answer here based off i don't know 20 million we've won 20 million sean what are we doing what's the first thing you're doing with that that big bundle of cash
2: well one of the things that i have mentioned is that I mean, there's not a lot of stuff that I feel like I need. And you say that and then you find out, well, you actually have a lot of stuff. So you're not exactly living an aesthetic lifestyle cloistered up, you know, in the mountains, going out to, you know, do your little gardening every day. But then, you know, if you had a bunch of money that you wouldn't necessarily spend it on stuff, right? I mean, it'd be a big purchase. You'd, You'd get yourself a, I mean, you'd probably get yourself a mansion, right? Because then you can make everything else work from there. But no, my my answer here is I, you've got to have a place. And so I don't want to come off as, let me start that again. So with a lot of the things that have transpired over the past, say, five years, it does, I think, make a person a little bit more interested in how they would prepare for the end of the world. And especially <laughs> if you're going to be writing adventure novels and, and all of that type of thing it's perhaps beneficial to have some knowledge about you know, how adventures would work and so i, I think that sean's going to build a bunker with his 20 million dollars <laughs> i mean that would have to be one of the things you would consider right is building a bunker now i, I buy a bunch of land in the areas that are going to benefit from climate change and you obviously don't know for sure that the models are going to be accurate, but we are gonna see some transition in terms of where the best farmland is, where as weather patterns change and you know, where the, the best climate is, You know, there are gonna be some trade-offs with some of those elements, but you think about just how expensive property is and houses are in so many of the big cities in the u.s right now and certainly the trendy cities and then you contrast that with some places in the heartland that are still very very inexpensive some of those places are going to absolutely explode over the next 30 years as unfortunately the climate does change and if you can be out ahead of that, number one, I think it's going to end up being a fantastic investment. But then number two, also you have some preparation for yourself and your family. If you're kind of thinking, well, you know, if, if you win the lottery or if you think about it from the perspective of, you know, if my career is successful and, you know, there is some money to to put aside for some things then I think both making a good investment and uh, again, kind of creating some of these scenarios where, you know, your kids and your grandchildren or, you know, if you don't have kids, your nieces and nephews and siblings and the extended family, if there are things that you can do to help pave the way for the next several generations to be in better shape, then I think that's pretty appealing. And it's an interesting intellectual exercise as well to try and figure out, you know, what's most likely to happen and you know what you should do to prepare for it. And so I think that you know, if I had a big influx of cash at this point, I'd put it into some of these properties that, I mean, there are so many beautiful places in the US that are going to potentially even get more so as we look forward, you know, 20, 30, 40 years in the future.
1: Yeah, I think that's a very interesting answer. I thought we could just both agree that we would max enter all of these uh, fantasy football tournaments and (laughs) that would be what we would do. But all joking aside, I've I don't do the lottery, but obviously we play in these contests. So let's say if we win, you know, Best Ball Mini or the FFPC tournament this year. My thing is if I ever come into a huge lump sum of money like that, that I would give some to my family, I think that I would split it up for all the things that they've done for me over the years. You've mentioned, you know, your family as well. I think that's something that I would do is kind of try and share it around, especially if it was a crazy sum of money like that um i do think that like we talked a little bit about traveling you know i think that's something that i would do more of um but yeah it was a tricky question when i was trying to figure it out i couldn't come up with a definitive answer the first thing and i did actually some of these questions i said to my wife i was like you know what would we do if this happened and i think i mentioned on one of the recent shows i have a, a mortgage for the house so it wouldn't take the whole lottery amount to cover that but i think you know paying that off would be a nice thing to (laughs) not have to worry about so that's probably the way that would go but um yeah i think it would be it'd be pretty nice sean my thing with lotteries are obviously the interest in them is because you can win a massive amount i always think when it's that massive amount it would be better to give you know 10 people 1 million and to give one person 10 million i think it would be a lot bigger prize one of the lotteries i do play it happens each and every new year in ireland where they do like it's a a raffle basically but they do it for there will be a a millionaire crowned kind of at at midnight on new year's eve and uh, it's pretty much like a prize pool everyone buys a ticket but then the the prizes are guaranteed and people win smaller amounts so I, i i that's the kind of thing that i'd like to kind of go for but it I can't see the, the lottery companies deciding to follow follow my path. I don't think it makes as much money.
2: You said that the uh, company runs the lottery there in Ireland. In order to be allowed to do that by the Irish government, is it a similar situation to at least the justifications that are given for the lottery in the States here where you know supposedly a big chunk of that money goes to education and, and that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, I, no, I don't know the terms of it. Previously, the Irish National Lottery funded a lot of, like, sports fields and different things in communities, and I believe that part of the agreement of them own that there is still a percentage of the funds that have to be allocated towards those sort of projects for mainly for, like, youth and community uh, improvement so i do think that we we still have that element of it i remember when i was younger the soccer fields for example that i used to play on were really bad and then they became really really good and that money came from the the national lottery at the time so yeah positive things hopefully coming from it as well but i'm sure there's lots of profits to be <laughs> to be found there the next question sean could tie in with the lottery question it is for myself it's when am i going to lambo i have split this question up because there was a couple of questions from this person so i apologize but i'm going to have to go back and find out whose name it is sean because my answer is going to need to talk to them so he said he splits the season tickets with his dad who has been on the waiting list for 31 years before he got them he said it's a must visit for any packers fan so my answer to this one is it is 100 on the bucket list and i was able to see them a couple of years ago i was shocked when i went back to luck it was actually 2013 in New York City against the New York Giants so it was actually my wife's birthday that we went and it was extremely cold we probably were like three seats from the back of the stadium on the top deck so really not ideal and uh, Aaron Rodgers was injured that season so Scott Tolzien was the the quarterback it was a 27-13 loss so not a good game to be at thankfully the Packers are coming to London this year so I'll be getting to go over to see that so I didn't have to make the trip this year but I'm hoping to get over to Lambo in the next say year to three years but my big question here is was that an offer of a, a ticket to Lambeau field that's
2: what I, I need to find is, out. Colin is trying to use the podcast to uh get himself tickets to a Packers game
1: yeah so I, I will have to go back and search out Sean exactly the name here and reply to this email and uh beg for an opportunity to get a ticket
2: (laughs) you may have to come up with uh, some very significant ot related uh, guest appearance (laughs) yeah to 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 balance that out colin the listeners also want to know what it's going to take to convince you that brett Favre was better than aaron Rodgers.
1: so i do think that an older generation will definitely take the side of Brett Favre obviously there was a the situation with Brett Favre leaving the Packers was quite messy wasn't the the cleanest but thankfully that has been tidied up over the last couple of years I think Brett Favre is one of the most fun players of all time to watch playing football but in terms of Aaron Rodgers he's kind of my generation of watching the Packers Um, so I, I think that's probably why I'm going to lean to him and I also think that from a pure talent perspective Rogers. in my opinion I think Mahomes is going to surpass that I think he's the best thrower of the football fault I'm on the the Packers or the Rogers side of this so but I always think with Favre I think he is every time we look at a player who has struggled or hasn't succeeded so far in his career I always think yeah Brett Favre it really took him a good bit of time to to get this NFL thing working out so um, that obviously is something that I think of as his journey from the the Falcons to the Packers and how some of these players we shouldn't be too quick to completely write them off in the NFL but uh, I don't know what it's going to take Sean I don't think I'm going to be convinced
2: so no no Brett Favre for you yeah I mean Aaron Rodgers not not that
1: there's no Brett Favre but Aaron Rodgers is is my guy as people as people will remember from the uh, the controversies
2: over the last year so uh, Aaron Rodgers is my guy yeah you've stuck right with him I I'm Brett Favre's gunslinging mentality, his willingness to do things out there on a football field that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the guts to try, in part because he understands it's not the way to play. You know, the the difference in leadership there, when you combine the fun and the leadership aspects, I'll go ahead and, and take Favre just so that we can balance this out on the program.
1: And Sean, I was frantically searching there to try and, you know, I mentioned I missed the name. It was further down the show sheet when I went to the other questions. It was Paul Farley who sent in those questions. So, Paul, need to know uh, when I can get access to these uh, Packers tickets for uh, my my big trip over (laughs) to Lambeau Field. Uh, All joking aside, thanks, Paul, for sending in those questions. He is a long-time listener. We get lots of great questions coming in from Paul, so thanks again. I enjoyed the little bit of fun there we had divulging into the, the Packers side of things. Sean, the next one up is into the sci-fi realm. And I know this is where you really, uh, you know, you have the edge on me here when it comes to books and sci-fi and classic literature, as is mentioned here. So I'll really let you take this. I'm not a big book reader. I'm an audio guy. That's my thing. Uh, and uh, I do listen to books from time to time, but I'm big into, you know, podcast, TV, film, things like that. But I did actually go and listen. I believe, Sean, you... I don't know if you... I think you may have recommended reading the book, but The Art of War uh, by Sun Tzu, I, I did read that. Or read that. I audio read it uh, earlier this year. So um, that was one that I, I did enjoy if we're looking at books. But I'm more of a TV and film guy. And uh, I actually, just before we started recording this, Sean, I, I watched uh, John Wick, the first one today. So enjoyed that one if anyone's looking for any 2014 film recommendations.
2: <laughs> so... Column letting us in on the fact that he is not a big reader. We're going to have to change that. We're going to have to get him going on some of these books. And I I kind of want to do a rapid fire since we're in one of our non-football shows and give sort of a a broad swath of books that might appeal to different listeners, depending on the kind of thing that you like to read. And So we got a question here asking about sci-fi and classic literature sci-fi fantasy i'm gonna go through a variety of these to start with let's let's look at some military thrillers a spy thrillers just kind of depending They're, they're not exactly that but the gray man column is currently out on netflix i haven't had a chance to see the movie yet i am excited about it it does have some star power some of the netflix movies have been very very good a few of them have been fairly disappointing but the gray man series by mark Greeny is absolutely fantastic very very readable you know that one of the things that you'll find when you read some of these books is that writing is hard and so if you have an immersive landscape in terms of the environment of the book and the language used in the book doesn't constantly jar you out of the story then that's, I mean, that's great writing. It can be easy to understate the quality of what is often referred to as as genre fiction. If you find yourself really immersed in the story, then the writer is doing a fantastic job. The Gray Man really balances a lot of things. One of the things that you run into when you read like a Tom Clancy, for example, is that there's some cool stuff there, but the books are way too long and there's not the right balance or there's not the right balance for the general reader. Obviously Tom Clancy has been, Wildly successful and has a huge following. So this isn't meant to um, lose us any Tom Clancy fans <laughs> among the listeners. But, uh, and I think that the the gray man author Mark Greene actually worked with Tom Clancy on some of the books where obviously these established, and I think sometimes older authors who might be winding down in some way, they'll work uh, to co-write some of these books. But anyway, the gray man, a very fantastic read the gray man a fantastic read and a quick read and yet not one where everything feels you know very surfacey. to follow along along that same path orphan x series by greg herwitz is excellent has a lot of the same characteristics and then the third one i mentioned there the pike logan series by brad taylor the Way that i got onto both of these last two is that greg Hurwitz and brad taylor both in different years were at the tucson lit festival really cool to get to see some of these guys in person the dynamism uh that radiates off of some of the authors really makes you want to go out and check out the books at least give them a chance brad taylor someone uh, a formal or special forces background and so you get a lot of that realism coming through in his novel so anyone who likes books in that direction i strongly recommend all three of those series all told that will give you you know 25 30 35 books to read you won't be done anytime soon if you haven't started those sci-fi and i may have mentioned a couple of these before but i wanted to make sure we get some of the real top books here ancillary justice and the ancillary series from ann leckie is fantastic murder bot by Martha Wells, a series of novellas. And you might think to yourself, novellas really, I I mean, I just, I prefer to read novels or, you know, read something else. I don't want something shorter, but those stories, it's like a a really good episode of television. Writing novellas is hard. It's harder than, than writing a novel. You got to get in and you got to get out and you've got to have a story and language dialogue that, is profound and memorable, right? you got to have some passages that are like quotes from your favorite TV series. Murderbot definitely has that. The Light Brigade by Cameron Hurley, a really cool story there. And then Termination Shock, the new book by Neil Stevenson. Uh, He's sort of a a sci-fi writer and philosopher. Just the immense amount of information that he knows, it's just... It really blows me away. There's all kinds of uh, quantum physics referenced in the book. I actually have a background in well, a degree in in English and language, and so some of the things that he references from literary criticism and literary theory and philosophy, you know, I I, I can pick up on because I have that background, but. Also, so many things in science, just the the depth of his knowledge across just so many different areas, right? Because I, just a true Renaissance person from the perspective of science and math and engineering, termination shock deals with uh, sort of a, a climate disaster type of thing. A lot of listeners will probably be aware of the giant sort of sulfur hose to the sky where... You know, we could put some some sulfur up there, reflect some of the sun rays, deal with some of the heating. Obviously, that's controversial because there are a lot of people who aren't in favor of adding even more stuff up into the air. Talks about that, obviously, in the novel. That's not exactly the solution that the protagonists come up with, but uh, that's just the latest in a long series of just breathtaking and award winning books from him. Fantasy, we've gone through some fantasy before, but I think some books that I may or may not have mentioned, uh, Bloodsong from Anthony Ryan, Red Sister and Prince of Thorns, a couple of different series starts from Mark Lawrence. Both of those are fantastic. One of my favorite things from the podcast in the last couple of years is the listener recommendation of Joe Abercrombie and have read some of his books. So if you haven't read him, check him out. And then the question also included classic literature. Uh, Having read a decent amount, that's not necessarily my favorite. I don't think that all of the plaudits that are necessarily attributed to the uh, great authors of old are necessarily deserved, although there are plenty of things in there too that are quite solid. But contemporary fiction, contemporary literature is amazing, right? And so we're not necessarily talking about book club books here, although there's not Necessarily anything wrong with book club books. I and mean, you can obviously read those and enjoy them, especially depending on the book. But there are some really good books that I would mention quickly The Girl in Green by Derek B. Miller. He's also written a series that includes Norwegian by Night, the language there. And again, the insight just unbelievable. If you want a contemporary literature slash sci fi, The Regional Office is Under Attack by Manuel Gonzalez is fantastic. State of Wonder by Ann Patchett, Matt Adam by Margaret Atwell, Wit's End by Karen Joy Fowler. One of the things that's a little bit of a, a theme through some of those is that you do have kind of the, the mix of contemporary literature and at least hints of sci-fi in some of those books. So definitely a, a combined genre that I do enjoy. Colin, there are so many other fantastic books out there. We'll continue to make book recommendations on the show. And also we continue to, uh, look for recommendations from the listeners uh, being able to jump into some of those books has been a real joy over the last two three years
1: and sean is going to get me off or get me reading these books some of these days it's eventually going to happen maybe i'll check i'm sure they most of them have audiobooks so we'll, we'll try that um but the second part of that question sean came in around music and they mentioned they're a hard rock fan he said what kind of music do you guys prefer so I pretty much listen to anything and everything and uh, some of the bands that I would be you know big into I'm a big U2 guy I've seen them multiple times in concerts I've been to Ed Sheeran a couple of times been a fan of him for a long time and old school wise I don't know if they ever fully you know crossed over to the U.S. but Thin Lizzy were a big Irish band back in the kind of 70s range I would guess long before I was born but they were something that you know, I I got into as a teenager and my rock music, and currently Dermot Kennedy is somebody who's an Irish musician who seems to be breaking across into the the stateside scene that I I listen to a lot, and I would recommend that. But my dad is a a massive massive country music fan, so I spent a lot of my early life listening to Elvis and Johnny Cash. So uh, he is a I suppose he had an influence on that on me, and I. At the time, I didn't really appreciate it, but now I do listen to them from time to time because it's like an earworm drilled into my into my head at this point. Um, Sean, I might turn out to be the music guy. You might turn out to be the books guy. Who's on your, your music list here?
2: Yeah, well, I would definitely admit that I don't have nearly the depth of knowledge about music as I do, at least in theory. I mean, you, you like to think that you have some depth of knowledge about books or television if you partake all the time. Uh, but but I like to listen to a pretty wide variety of music. Andrew Bird's tenuousness always both impresses and, and cracks me up. It's a, a cool song, especially the beginning. And I'm always trying to uh, think of ways to work that into a fantasy football article. You know, folk or folk rock is probably uh, a genre that would come out toward the top there, and and obviously a lot of these labels are going to be controversial for people who are hardcore uh, music fans and know a lot about all of the different specifics and subgenres and exactly how you should define this and define that i did have a chance to see damien rice in concert uh, quite a while back at this point and and he was amazing i think that that kind of music is is very listenable and then i don't listen to the current version of these genres but you know, as you're kind of scrolling through your your Sirius XM radio and and trying to find something every once in a while, hit on uh, some old school hip hop or country from the high school days or or the college years, that type of thing. And it is interesting the way that music can just bring out such a, a wealth of feelings and emotions tied to you know, memories that you have from the past. So you, you try not to to get too deep in that, try not to get or, or or anything to that effect. And I do think it's really cool now that listeners have so many different options for partaking of the type of music that they really enjoy, as opposed to being, you know, stuck with maybe the two or three radio stations that, you know, you get in your particular area. I would agree with that. There's a lot of variety. That's the
1: same, obviously, with sports as well. You know, it's become a lot more global. You can kind of get what you want, when you want, and watch it. But, Sean, you mentioned there, you know, not listening to the current genres. part of that, I think. I don't know if people listen and would agree with this, but I know when I was in my teenage years and my early 20s, I would have kept up a lot more with the modern music. And, um, you know, I am openly admit, like, i of say to the people that I like listening to, I don't really hear any of the modern songs outside of the likes of Ed Sheeran, who I like, or Dermot Kennedy, who I mentioned. And I think there's a big part, like you mentioned, with memories and nostalgia of going back and listen to those songs. And sometimes they bring you back to specific events, sometimes the specific feelings that'll make you feel. But I do think that I would say 90% of the music that I consume is from... You know more than a decade ago so like kind of my teenage years before that so that probably i don't know if that's just me but that probably is part of it as well and you always hear people's parents and it's not as good as it was back in my day but you know i think that's what i'm turning into at this particular point but i do like some of the the modern stuff as well the other thing Sean, well, we all went- know that
2: there's a window right yeah. when you know between when you're 15 and 25 that that's when the good music came out the stuff before that is hopelessly naive and the production quality is too low but the stuff beyond that is too bland and overproduced and so I mean it only makes sense right
1: seems like you've thought specifically about that before Sean the other one that you said was the modern genres of some of that music you mentioned country music last year you kept trying to get me to get Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift on the same teams I wanted one of these teams to be called Taylor Swift you're not going to tell me that you're not a Taylor Swift fan are you
2: well, I mean, everybody in the world's a Taylor Swift fan, but <laughs> I mean, it's it's again a, a situation where you know you you go from she's blended all of that together.
1: No matter what age you are, no matter where you're from, it's like she's blended all what you mentioned about the
2: problem. She's made them all disappear. Oh, oh, she has, has she? So the current <laughs> yeah. stuff isn't isn't bland and overproduced.
1: No, it's perfect. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and that uh, so. For all the uh, Taylor Swift fans out there, hopefully they enjoyed that segment. Um, but uh, we'll we'll see if we get one of those Taylor Swift teams. Based on ADP, it's going to be very hard to make those happen this year, Sean. As well,
2: it will. And if if you wanted that, you just you had to force the trigger on it last season. So yeah, twenty twenty one was the year. Twenty twenty one. We just need one of those weeks. I mean, training camp offers all types of opportunities. DeAndre Swift pulls his hamstring, slides to the end of round two. And we're gold
1: yeah we're set set up then but yeah fun show fun questions thanks to everyone who sent those in we will be recording some more of these they'll be coming out over the coming weeks if you have any questions send them in we can't promise that we'll get them in this round but we had been kind of storing these up over the last couple of months um when we were getting these questions in so thanks to everyone who submitted ones my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host as always is sean siegel We'll have lots more fantasy football content coming your way, so make sure you are subscribed to the Viz Overtime podcast feed. And until we're back with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Viz Radio. Please rate and review the Viz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotovis Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to to Rotovis with a discount through the Viz Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast.